Aren't those the cookies you can't eat without an ID? Well, we all have our vices. Mine's curiosity. Tell me you know what it feels like to have your child grow up without parents. How dare you! Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me from across the pond, Simon. Gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 10, Episode 6, Wheelers and Dealers. It's the 224th episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by Thad Mumford and Dan Wilcox. It originally aired on November 23rd, 1981. And the production code is 1G02. How come the premature burial? Why bother opening it when you know what it is? Well, I don't know what it is. Why, looky here. Laundry inventory forms. The very same ones you've been waiting for for three months. I'll get right on it as soon as the game is over. Did you not promise same-day service when these forms came in? No can do, sir. This will take me three days. By then the war will be over and I'll have to kiss the game goodbye. Pucker up, son. In the words of the immortal Bob Frost, you have promises to keep and piles to go before you sleep. Aw, sir. Never put off till tomorrow what you ought to do today or you'll end up putting off your whole life away. More, Jack? Frost? Nope. My grandma Mavis. Works too hard for the rhyme, but the sentiment's there. What about the game? Lad, grandma Mavis's best homily went something like this. Do it! That's an order! I also have the plot summary. After being cited for reckless jeep driving, Colonel Potter voluntarily takes driving lessons from Rizzo, and BJ decides he will make all the money he can to pay the second mortgage by gambling. Well, lad, I see you've climbed out of the dumps. Oh, yes, sir, and here's a notice from i It's got your name on it. Read it to me. My hands have saddle sores. It's a delinquency report. It seems that one Sherman T. Potter is charged with reckless driving in Kimpo. Suffering buffalo chips. And I thought I had sweet-talked that stupid lummox. Going 25 in a 15-mile zone. Mildred's sister goes faster than that with her walker. Well, I know how to pay my debt to society. I'll just pencil whip this right out of here. Sir, I'm shocked. Every time before this, you sent the violators off to day of remedial driving school. Don't you have a grindstone to put your nose to? Luckily for you, there's a class tomorrow. Shouldn't what's good for the goose be good for the bird, Colonel? Touche. But sure as shooting, I ain't taking that class tomorrow. Book me a session for after the poker game. Poker game, sir? You wouldn't put off till tomorrow what you ought to do today and get Grandma Mavis really steamed. Okay, three shay. I'll take the lousy class. Grandma Mavis had a saying for everything. No wonder Grandpa Wilmer stomped on his hearing aid. And guest stars in this episode, G.W. Bailey returns as Sergeant Luther Lizzo. And we have Anthony Trinata, who played Sergeant Verbanic. He is an actor known for The Deadpool. The Greatest American Hero, love that series, and Kojak. And Tony Becker plays Private Brown, an American actor best known for his role as Private Daniel Danny Purcell on the 1987-1990 CBS Vietnam War series Tour of Duty. And of course we have Jeff Maxwell returning as Private Igor Straminsky. And Chris Peterson returns as Second Recruit. And we have Sherry Sabah returning as Nurse Sherry. And Eileen Saki returns as Rosie. Oh, aren't those the cookies you can't eat without an ID? Yeah, rum cookies. You want one? Mm, I'm good. Mm. Where indigestion meets inebriation. Mm-hmm. You know, for somebody thousands of miles from home doing what he hates, you seem down in the dumps. 
Peg's going to take a job as a hostess at Papanex Coffee Shop. Oh, yeah? What's the problem? Is that kind of a rough place? No, we used to eat there all the time. So do our friends, who she will not be waiting on. Aha! So why is she doing it? It's called paying off our second mortgage, which is due in six months. So what do you want her to do? Sell the house and move in with us? Ah, uh, you don't understand. She put me through med school. Now it's supposed to be my turn so she can stay home and take care of Aaron. Uh. By now, I'm supposed to be in practice, the second mortgage of memory. We didn't plan on my hanging up my shingle in Korea. Well, look, it's not going to be forever. I'm talking about now. It's bad enough for Aaron to be without a father. Now she doesn't have a mother. I feel like I've let them down. You haven't let them down. You just got caught in the draft. Now, I could have gotten out of the draft, like Ned Gradinger, big all-American hero from Stanford. Medical deferment, signed by that eminent physician, Ned Gradinger Sr., who offered the same to me, but I was a good guy. Well, next war, we'll know better. We'll sign each other's. Whatever happened to the rules? Let the other guy go first, keep your elbows off the table, share your toys, and life will reward you. Well, life is a crock. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I gave this a six. Ah! <laughs> ten. Yeah. All right. Actually, it was seven, uh, but I've just looked at it and I realized how annoyed I was. So I <laughs> Back to normal, I find. Back to normal. This whole thing about Peg taking another job yep. really riles me yep. because this second mortgage came about when BJ was in Korea and it was all to do with that extra plot of land they had. So yep. that really annoys me because he agreed on it. So, <laughs> yep, I know, agree. And he, I think he borrowed the money or he had to get the money from somewhere. So he's borrowed the money in the first place to get this second mortgage, to get this land. And then how... How on earth do you think they were going to pay two mortgages in the first place? So, of course, she's getting a, a job, and rightly so. She wants to, you know, you know, it's that. It's. Just, I mean, I know we're looking at it from modern day attitudes, yes. like but even yeah. even then, it's still bloody annoying. And he's also such an ass, you know, when yep. this whole gambling. That's what annoyed me on. the most. Yep. Yeah, and it's like it shows him being really immature, and I do like that other side of BJ because it must be boring to play someone who's always so nice and he does say that oh as soon as nice BJ comes on you know he does yeah. say that but he's just absolutely annoying it really is you know the, the thing with Rizzo doing the traffic violation is actually really quite good I enjoyed that and I enjoyed the whole thing between him and Potter uh-huh. you know, I, I, I love both of those men as actors so for me to see them having some you know you know banter between each other um, is really good um, he, BJ even bets his wedding ring at this point as well during the poker game which is sort of like what are you doing man you're, you're yeah. somebody who he's always kind of proud of your marriage and you know we've seen many times where he's he, he is upset with himself with some of his actions that he does yeah he goes and and does that um i love margaret though giving bj a really good talking to and i there is a yep. nice payoff at the end with the rum cookies and stuff like that and that is nice but it, i still think he gets off rather easily he's, he's, his apologies is a bit limp if you ask me um and I, I i just find it annoying i think that's the reason why i find it annoying you probably are meant to find him annoying i guess um but i'm going from a personal point of view and i i gave it a six purely for that there are some great moments as i said rizzo and, and pyre talking margaret giving bj a good a good you know talking to yeah it lifts that up a bit actually it's probably you know that's probably the only bit about it yeah anyway yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I actually gave it a seven because you know I don't go below seven. <laughs> I I don't know. I've been annoyed with BJ the last few episodes. Mm. I don't know. I can't say this is out of character. It, to me, I wrote down BJ's woes about Peg working. It's getting tiring because he's always you know it's always about Peg flirting with the neighbor. Can't you know she can't do house maintenance. 
Uh, it's you know now she wants to get a job and he's upset about that and and you're yeah. right it's a sign of the times um, so we're definitely putting our modern day spin on it like yeah. well of course she can work you know everyone has to work and make money especially for our two mortgages and what did he think was going to happen you know exactly but if back in the day you know he's supposed to he's the man he takes care of his wife you know. Yeah, but there was um, loads of women working in the 1950s. <laughs> you're right. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, especially on. during war. During war, the yeah. women had to work. They worked most of the men jobs. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I think he was a little too rough. Mm. I don't know who directed him to be more aggressive. I just don't see BJ being that aggressive. Like you said, you know, they were getting up to the, like, hundreds of dollars. And then yeah. he puts in his wedding ring, which... That's like sacrilegious of any, you know, he loves his wife and his daughter and his fa- family is everything to him. And he just kind of bedded away. Yeah. Uh, luckily, he won. But but he, he could may easily not have. have. <laughs> yes. And that uh, he took that risk. And maybe that's just to, supposed to show how desperate he was to be able mm. to make money. But I'm like, dude, you're still not going to make a ton of money. You know, especially the whole pinball machine. That was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. you know, winning nickels here and there. And I'm like, oh, come on. That's just stupid. And I wrote down the exact same thing you said about Margaret yelling at him. It was richly deserved. It was perfect. She put him in his place. She wasn't being a po- an overpowering woman. She was standing her ground and saying what needed to be said. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you stand there acting like your brand of suffering is worse than anybody else's? Well, I guess that's the only way you can justify treating the rest of us like dirt. Well, let me tell you something, sad sack. If the worst thing that's happened to you is that your pretty little wife has to help pay the bills for a while, don't come to me for sympathy. Maybe you do have the most to lose, but that's only because you got the most. And I thought it was amazing. And she she gave it well. And his reaction was perfect, too. He hmm. realized what he did. He realized what an ass he's been the past few days. Yeah. You know, and that's why they have that really nice scene with the whole rum cookies. And, and everyone kind of forgiving them and kind of, you know, it's like 9 o'clock in the morning and they're eating rum cookies which nice. i thought was funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean and then um i mean one of my favorites is and i did i enjoyed the whole potter rizzo thing i thought it was funny him not wanting to cheat you know wanting because he could just write it off but he wanted to actually go through it and of course he failed he didn't rizzo <laughs> was still bending the rules for him left and right i don't even know if he got the high school that rizzo said he got at the end but i love the whole driving test and then you got you know, Klinger being half asleep because he stayed up to help Potter and Potter almost runs him over. My favorite was the end with Potter riding the horse. Yes. Because that's much safer. You know, he won't get a ticket on the horse. So no. I thought, no, I thought that not. was... Yeah, yeah, I hope not. I thought that was kind of the cute ending to the episode. Again, it was a good episode because all MASH episodes are good episodes and it was entertaining and had some really good moments, uh, especially with like Margaret yelling. But... Mm. BJ really put a dampener on me. His attitude, just the aggressiveness of how he was, uh, yeah. especially. I mean, he's he was being really aggressive to Hawkeye, who's his oh, best yeah. friend. You yeah. know, uh, and like I said, maybe he was so distraught the fact that Peg had to work and he can't. He again, it just goes back to him being stuck at mm. in you know in uh, Korea. But then Margaret brought up a good point. Why is his stuff more important than her? You know, they're all stuck yeah. in Korea together. They have to make the best of a bad situation. So yeah, I'm, a t- I'm going to change my thing to seven now after what you've just said. <laughs> Yay! 
<laughs> there are some good moments. There's some really good stuff in there. Yeah, I think I think after I think you saying that Barry Margaret says, you know, what makes you all so better than us? And also yeah. when he turns around to Hawkeye and he, he just laments him by saying, oh well, you know, you don't have any kind of fun. Yes. Well, he does because he, he's and that's he's, disgusting. His father is his yes. his, his world, you know. Yep. And, and yep. it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he doesn't it just it's, it was all about BJ at that moment and he wasn't thinking about anybody else. And I get no. that, too. So I understand his perspective of it. That's why it makes it hard for me to dislike him, because I understand yeah. where he was coming from. But I also think he went too far. I think mm. he was just being a bit of a, a too much of an ass uh, over it. And plus, I was just getting tired of that whole BJ storyline of, oh, I'm missing Peg. I'm missing my daughter. I'm, you know, I hate Korea. Because that, that seems to be his ongoing theme. Yeah. A lot of the episodes, he's missing home or something's happening at home he missed or, you know. And I just think this was one too many for me. And I just think they played it too over the top. But uh, but I still, still, 7.0. It's still a solid episode. There's still some amazing scenes in it. You got the mm. levity, the, the humor with Potter and Rizzo, which was a nice counterpoint to over-crazy BJ. BJ. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy the episode. What did IMDb give it? Okay, well, IMDb gave it a 7.5, so... Oh, there you know, we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never know. It's a, Sometimes they're hits, and 7.5 isn't bad. Sometimes they're hits, sometimes they're the pits. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm looking for BJ Honeycutt. Don't bother me, I'm busy. Maybe you know him. About 6'4", mustache, big chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah, big sweet lug. What's wrong with that? Next you'll be telling me the meek shall inherit the earth. What are you doing? You can't pay the mortgage with nickels. So what? What's with you, Honeycutt? Now I hear you're hustling pinball. You didn't come in to play. Leave me alone. And that goes for you, too. Well, pardon us for a living, Diamond Jim. Look, come on. Come on! Hey, hey, listen. Bad news from home is no excuse to start acting like public enemy number one. Bad news? What is it? It's none of your business. Is it serious? Well, he thinks it is. And you don't? No, no, excuse me. (laughs) But uh, if we're talking about disasters, I don't think Peg's taking a job is right up there with the San Francisco earthquake. Why don't you get on the PA and tell the whole camp about it? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that the problem? Your wife got a job? Look, please, believe me. We, we're on your side. We understand. I don't. All of this is because a woman had to go to work? Why just butt out? Why doesn't everybody just butt the hell out? I'd love to. I'd love to butt my way all the way back to Maine. But we're all stuck here, just like you. No, you're not. Nobody is stuck here just like me. Certainly not you. While you're here, all of you is here. While I'm here, most of me is back home. When this little police action is over, you can go back to Crabapple Cove and pick up your life just by picking up your date book. And you, tell me you know what it feels like to have your child grow up without parents. Tell me you know what it feels like even to have a child. How dare you? All right, let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scene. Uh, The pinball machine BJ is playing is a Gottlieb. Spot a card. This game was produced in 1960, well after the Korean War. There's another game with this name, Made in 43, but that one does not have flippers. Oh, so how on earth do you... Oh, is it just flick a ball up and hope it goes... Yes, it's one of those ones somewhere. that just... Gra- <laughs> gravity takes it down. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's rubbish. Okay. <laughs> um, when, uh, when arriving late to Sergeant Rizzo's driving class, Private Brown twice refers to Rizzo as Sir. But as a staff sergeant, Rizzo is a non-commissioned officer and does not rate being called Sir. Private Brown should have referred to Rizzo as either Sergeant or just Sarge. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Ah, little army talk that people there. Catch. Army talk. That's right, yeah. Colonel Potter gives his 
TV payment bill to the mail carrier so it can be mailed home. Question is, why doesn't his wife pay for the bill? Previous episodes have indicated that mail to and from the states can often take weeks because of delays. His bills would be late. He'd probably have penalties <laughs> and interest added to the total. I thought about that too. I'm like, why is he yeah. paying his bill? It can take his months. Bills for are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems odd that BJ would be distraught about Peg having to take a job when it's oh either yep. uh, when in season seven's the party she had to postpone planning the party because she was studying for a real estate license. That's there right. So she's already a real estate person, or we assume. Yeah. So, oh well. Congratulations, Colonel. You get to keep your license, and I get to keep my stripes. Ninety-eight. Hot diggity. Emma Potter didn't raise no fools. Thank you, Sergeant. You've been a font of automotive info. I'll be going now. Colonel, nobody would like that better than I would, but there is the slight matter of the road test. Road test? I mean, ride test. I take you for a ride. You look at the scenery. I bet you do real good on that. Sergeant, no wonder your breath smells from Shinola. I've been driving since I was six. Now step aside. And let me at that vehicle. Waiter, there's a clerk in these eggs. I knew sooner or later this food would take a life. Klinger, what do you think you're doing? Are you all right? Klinger, come on, get up. Do yourself a favor. Go have breakfast in bed. Oh, sorry, I was busy teaching night school all night. There, but for the grace of God, goes my dog. Get out, you What do you think you were doing, sleepwalking? I was until you woke me, sir. Now you made me flunk the damn road test. Flunk! Perish the thought! Colonel, it was real quick-witted the way you missed hitting that pedestrian without undue wear and tear on the brakes. Besides, crates never have the right of way. Sergeant, that's the worst bunch of malarkey I've ever heard. But it'll have to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. You okay? Fine, sir. We didn't hit you, you know. All right, trivia time. Last episode's question. Who was Lieutenant Leslie Scorch? Well, the answer is, and you're really good if you got this one, she was a nurse and Henry's girlfriend during the first season. Ah, there we go. Yeah, he had that one girl that he always, uh, which always, you know me, and Infidelity Man. That just drove me crazy. Anyways, this episode's trivia question. Can you name any of Potter's grandchildren? There are three of them. So go ahead and email your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. you think before they served this, they'd at least dust it and remove all the flavor. Morning, folks. Mind if I sit down? Why, Beej, how can you ask? Of course we do. Well, we all have to sit someplace. In uh, case you're having trouble getting your eggs down, these are eggs rum cookies. How much? They're on the house. I'm still full from last night's serving of humble pie. I don't know. Rum cookies before 5 o'clock? Please, go on. I was taught to share. I guess I can drink to that. Yeah, here. Yeah. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast. Or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. 
If you have any questions or comments, or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to MASH 4077 Podcasts all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think a, a pretty solid episode of MASH. Even though we gave it a lower score, it was still had some really great moments Yeah, and some really good acting. So well, at it least, definitely deserves... At least mine went up one. <laughs> that's right. At least I got you the plus one on yeah. it. So yay. <laughs> Can't give anything a six, seven, bare minimum. All right, well, I'm Kenny... And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing ya. Well, you never give up with the cards, do you, Slim? Nah. Once you've been bitten by the gambling bug, you're hooked for life. You got any sixes? Go fish. Ah! <laughs> I got it! I win! <laughs> you owe me ten. One, two... It's a good thing I got a wife who works in a coffee shop. These mints don't grow on trees, you know? Okay, high-ranking pigeons, it's poker time. The colonel's getting ready to leave, and while the top cat's away, the clerk wants to play. Now, sorry, Klinger. Go fish and chips. Don't mix. Ah, great. Ought to stick the pool. Yeah, but it's so hard to shuffle those balls. Hey, what do you mean the colonel's getting ready to leave? Where's he going? He's giving a lecture at the 8063rd. Giddy up, Sophie, and no speeding! MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast, and we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world, so if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with The Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.